It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 13th, 2020. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's win, overtime win. We can say that word. It's after the fact over the Detroit Pistons as the Magic head into the All-Star break. We'll break down where the Magic stand, and one of the big kind of storylines that have been quietly underneath the surface for the team all season long. Talk about that coming up here in just a minute, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast, you're covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. This podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Detroit Pistons perspective on this game? Check out Locked On Pistons. We got a week to go, but if you want the Dallas Mavericks view of things heading into the All-Star break before the Magic play the Mavericks next Friday... Check out Locked On Mavericks, and of course, you can check out Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA Show for all your national podcast needs heading into this NBA All-Star break. No matter which team you're interested in, no matter if it's the NBA, the NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast covering your team. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Wednesday's 116-112 to 112 victory over the Detroit Pistons was a wild ride, to say the least. Starting with the Magic just absolutely dominating the Pistons in every fashion for about a quarter and a half to get a 22-point lead. Building it with strong defense, turnovers that lead to easy points, good ball movement, and great shooting. Looked like everything from Monday's game carried over and the Magic were playing defense. We're playing at least pretty good defense for the most part. Forcing a lot of turnovers and getting themselves in transition. They were, they were playing the way that we always imagined they would play. And it looked like the Magic approached this game exactly how they have to approach this game. Heading into the All-Star break. Always the most dangerous game of the year heading into the All-Star break. And then all of a sudden it stopped. Detroit started to get threes. Started to make threes. They made 18 of them in the game. And that 22-point lead quickly dwindled to four. Orlando reeled it in. They played defense for stretches. And then Detroit would start hitting threes again. And then the start of the fourth quarter. The Magic getting decent looks. The Magic getting to the basket. The Magic, frankly, getting fouled. And not able to get to the foul line. Not able to generate any offense whatsoever. And all of a sudden, the Pistons led. All of a sudden... The Pistons led by seven. 
And it felt just like that game against the New York Knicks a week ago. It felt just like that game because Orlando had played pretty well. They had taken the lead. They had control of the game. And in a flash, they gave it up. And a lot of it through their own mistakes, but also through good shot making. The Pistons played very well in this one. But the Magic showed something that they maybe haven't shown enough this year. And that was a sense of urgency and a little bit of desperation. They knew they could not lose this game. And so slowly, well, maybe not slowly, but the Magic erased that lead, that deficit that they faced with about five minutes to play in the fourth quarter fairly quickly. Aaron Gordon hit a pair of big shots. Markel Fultz hit a big shot. The ball started moving again. The team started getting stops. The Pistons missed three-pointers. And the game was suddenly tied when Markel Fultz hit two free throws with about a minute to play. Or the Magic actually had the lead on those two free throws. The Pistons answered back. Christian Wood with a put-back dunk as the Magic struggled to box him out. And then a just really well-designed play to end the game. Pin down, set up for Evan Fournier. Pick and roll with Vucevic. Fournier draws two defenders as he drives right. Kicks it back over to Vucevic, who makes his first and only three-pointer of the game. One for seven, I believe, on three-pointers. Bouncing off the rim four, maybe five times before dropping in and sending Amway Center into euphorics with about four seconds left. A great play design, a great execution, and a great shot. Fortunately, that's not how this game ended. Langston Galloway came free as Aaron Gordon, for some reason, sank into the paint to defend Christian Wood. Uh, up three, you, you let them score two. And Ga- Langston Galloway tied the game to send it to overtime. Magic's first overtime game of the year. And the overtime played very similarly to the rest of the game. Looked like the Magic might pull away. Pistons came back. And it was nip and tuck. Neither team could really get out of its own way in those final 17 minutes. Neither team's offense really that effective. It came down to just making three-pointers and making shots. And the Magic were able to get into the lane and get to the basket and make shots. That's ultimately what decided the game. Orlando winning 116-112 to thanks to some heady play by Aaron Gordon, some big shot making by Aaron Gordon, and by Markel Fultz controlling the pace of the game for most of it. For the Magic, this was not a good game because they certainly could have played better. They certainly could have done a little bit more. They shoot just 45.8% from the floor, 12 for 36 from beyond the arc. That's really not the issue, though. 16 of 18 from the foul line, nine offensive rebounds, 12 turnovers, 20 stocks, 13 steals, 7 blocks. They did a lot of really good things. Maybe they didn't score enough. Bench unit certainly struggled. Terrence Ross, 2 for 12. Uh, Gary Clark missed all four of his shots. Ken Birch was four for five. Not a lot of scoring that wasn't coming from the starters, but the bench unit overall played fine. They played really good defense in the late first quarter, early second quarter that helped the Magic stake that 22-point lead. This was really a game about attention to detail, as so many things for this Magic team has been about. Attention to detail. Closing out at the right angle. Staying connected to three-point shooters while still protecting the paint. I thought the Magic did a very good job protecting the paint. The Pistons... Scored just 36 points in the paint. Orlando did a good job there. They forced 21 total turnovers for 23 points. 
Orlando did their job defensively, except for staying attached to shooters. They were so committed to stopping drives that often there'd be that one guy peeking in a little too too far. In fact, I would I would say that that as I was watching the game again, uh, I felt like the Magic were just ball watching a little too much. They were not focused on their assignments and focused a little too much on the ball. And, and, and when you ball watch, two things happen. When you're focused so intently on the ball as a help side defender, you lose track of your man. And that means he's either cutting to the basket past you, which happened on occasion, or they've got enough space to shoot three-pointers because you've sunk in too deep. And I think a, a, a difficult thing for the Magic this year, and part of it's because of the injuries. Like if you have Al Camino or Jonathan Isaac, if you sink too far into the paint you can close out because of the length. Evan Fournier doesn't have the same length as those guys. But the Magic definitely sunk into the paint too much, and it's been a, it's been a little bit of an issue all year long for the Magic defensively, and, and one of the reasons why I think their three-point defense hasn't been as good uh, as in previous years. But the concern is still Orlando not doing the very basic things. And that was one of the things that Steve Clifford said after the game, and as we enter the All-Star break, it's it's not so much that that we it's it's not so much that this isn't who this team is. You know, they they're not perfect. And the injuries have played a role, but they're not perfect even with the without the injuries. The issue with the Magic right now is very much they're living in the shadow of last year's run. And unfortunately, this team is not measuring up. And, and, and this game Wednesday night showed that in stark contrast, even though the Magic ended up with the win. The Detroit, the Orlando Magic defeat the Detroit Pistons 116-112 to 112 at the Amway Center to head into the All-Star break at 24-31. At 24-31, the Magic are one game ahead of last year's pace. We'll talk more about that coming up here. As well as... Two games behind Brooklyn for seventh as the Nets snap the Raptors' 14-game win streak uh, and three games ahead of the Wizards for eighth. A comfortable but still precarious lead for the Magic. Still a lot of work to do and, of course, uh, a big march coming up where the Magic should be able to pick up some wins if they get themselves right. Again, the Magic defeat the Detroit Pistons 116-112. to No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Again, just a really nice offensive game for the Magic. Just a lot of guys 
Um, you know, the Magic, again, snapping out of that offensive funk. Uh, you know, they shoot 45.8% from the floor, 12 for 36 from beyond the arcs. They're not the killer game that it was Monday night, but still a, a really nice game overall. Um, first place we got to start is Aaron Gordon. 25 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 3 for 4 from beyond the arc, 6 for 6 from the foul line, 4 offensive rebounds, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. It's rare that I just go through a lot of counting stats and just, just feel very impressed. Um, and I, honestly, I would say the counting stats don't completely do Gordon justice in this game. Um, his defense on whoever he was playing was was pretty solid. Um, you know, maybe Christian Wood snuck by him a few times, but I think, honestly, Wood did a lot of his damage um, with Vucevic guarding him. And Vucevic continues to struggle with centers, especially, who stretch him out to the three-point line. I'll talk more about Vucevic here in a, in a second. Um, but Gordon, you know, over the last six or seven, maybe eight games has started to put a lot of pieces together. He's, he's playing a lot more efficiently. He's at, I think, 17 points per game in his last 10 games. Um, shooting a more respectable percentage, I think 38% from beyond the arc, or, you know, uh, up up near 37, 38%. Um, shooting, you know, 45% from the from the field. He's still shooting a lot of threes. Um, he's starting to, you know, I, I think that we have this idea of what Aaron Gordon could be. He's starting to play that way. And, and honestly, a lot of it, too, is... He's cut back on the isolation play. Um, you know, I, I think I, I, I joked a little bit last year that you know one of the things that Steve Clifford did very early on in the season was kind of put his foot down on Aaron Gordon and some of the some of the moves that he was making and some of the ways that he attacked off the dribble. Uh, and, and we haven't seen that this year. Gordon's kind of had a little bit more free reign, and it, it hasn't worked out. And and again, some of it might be injury related. Some of the shooting problems might be injury related, um, but. He is, he still works better when the ball moves to him, uh, not when he's creating. Um, he can create. Don't get me wrong. He, or he can he can pass the ball when he's on the attack. And, and I think the most impressive thing about this game is the nine assists. He had like seven assists midway through the third quarter. He was he was moving the ball really effectively, and that set him up. Um, he works better when he's cutting. He is one of the best cutters in the entire league. Get him moving toward the basket and catching the ball on the move. He is, he is, he's probably, honestly, he might be outside of LeBron, Giannis, or, or, or the, the elite, elite guys. He's, he's one of the best finishers off cuts in this entire league. And, and I do think that when we talk about how the Magic's offense is constructed, one of its failures has been its failure to get Aaron Gordon on the move. It's failure to get Magic players, and I don't honestly say Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross too, get them catching the ball on the move in space, in, in space, where they can attack the basket immediately. Um, Fournier is also a very effective cutter. Ross gets a lot of his shots off cuts as, as, as pin downs and, and, and to set up his three-pointer. But getting cuts and curls toward the basket, Aaron Gordon is really good at that. And he did that a lot in this game. He was good at kind of finding the gaps in the defense, catching the ball and finishing around the basket. Had a couple dunks off of nice feeds from Markel Fultz as well as Nikola Vucevic. Um, but Gordon is, is playing a lot more composed and under control. And that's just a great, that's just a great place for his game to start. Um, we don't see that enough from him. And to see that come to the fore again in this game, to see him again play at this level, to put up points. I mean, let's be real. Put up points and to do so efficiently and play defense. You know, I, I don't want to say like, oh, Aaron Gordon's back or, or, you know, this is the this is, this is is you know a sign that Aaron Gordon is the guy that we all imagine, but this is the kind of play that we expected from Aaron Gordon. This is the kind of play that we expected him to help him make that leap. You know, maybe he, I, I wouldn't say necessarily played like an all-star in this game, but this is the Aaron Gordon the Magic need. Filling in gaps, the ball comes to him, he attacks when it comes to him, he keeps it moving when it doesn't, and he makes hustle plays. 
getting on the offensive glass over the last two or three games has been absolutely critical for him. And it's been critical for this team. I mean, he had one play uh, in the fourth quarter of this game when the Magic were down by three where he swooped in and got the rebound over three Pistons players. And and Gordon is an underrated rebounder. I think he's greatly improved as a rebounder. He's honestly the second best rebounder on this Magic team. And, And... you know, maybe that's a good or that may that that may not be a good thing, but he is he is a he is a better rebounder than I think he gets credit for. And I like to see him attacking the offensive glass. I like to see him uh, being aggressive and assertive and 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 composed and controlled. So a really nice game overall for Aaron Gordon. Second second star though goes to Markel Fultz. Twenty two points, eight for fourteen shooting, five for six from the foul line, five rebounds, ten assists, two steals, no turnovers. I really like especially how Markel Fultz. Uh, controls games at the beginning. He does a really good job setting the tone. Um, I think that the defensive scouting report on him is still go under every screen, force him to shoot a jumper. And, and I really like how Fultz uses that game plan against opponents very early on. He's usually at the very beginning of games um, attacking and getting all the way to the basket and just kind of making the defense rethink their strategy. And and he's such a smart passer on top of that 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 opens up lanes for everyone else. And 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 especially when he's in transition, he gets going in transition. He is, he is really gifted. And the Magic did a really good job getting out in transition in this game. They have um, 16 fast break points. They're, they average around 12 per game. So a huge, huge benefit that the Magic were able to turn those turnovers into fast break points. If Fultz is getting the ball on, on, a, fa- on a turnover or transition opportunity, He's going, and he can get to the basket, which he did on, on a few occasions here. And if he's not getting all the way basket, he's going to drop it off to you to, to get a pass. There are still some passes that he made in this game that are just like, whoa, like that 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 was a, that was an incredible pass. Um, so Fultz, you know, hit a little bit of a rookie wall maybe a week ago, starting to put the pieces back together, starting to starting to play with a little more confidence and a lot more control. Um, and and you know we you know I don't want to say he's like top overall pick Marco Fultz, but he. We've seen the talent over and over and over again this year. Um, you know, it, it really feels like he's only going to get better and, and things are only going to get better for him moving forward. Uh, Weston Wendu deserves mention. 11 points, 5 for 6 shooting, 1 for 1 from beyond the arc. Made, it, made, all, made all his shots. Really good contributor for this game. Um, Wendu's quietly started to get back to his level during the Magic's run last year uh, when he shot around 40% from beyond the arc. And, and while I don't think defenses respect him as a shooter, he is making those shots. Um you know, honestly, I would say one of the things that hurt this Magic team a lot in the playoff series last year, I don't want to harp too much on the playoffs. It's so long ago at this point. Yet Evan Fournier's really poor field goal field goal percentage. And I think at a certain point, the Raptors just decided, if Evan Fournier is going to beat us, we'll let him beat us once. And, and that, that'll be okay. And, and Fournier never did. Another thing that happened, though, Wesson one new shot, I think, shot in the low 40s during the Magic's play, run to the playoffs on three-pointers, and he's the guy that you leave open. He's the guy you want shooting the ball. And in the playoffs, he shot in the low 20s. So he had a big regression in the playoffs as well um, and, and, and regressed a little bit this year. Again, some of it because he wasn't playing as often, but now that he's had a, a month you know, a month and a half almost to play, he he's starting to hit that level again and really show that he does have some value in this league. So uh, again, I, I, I really like Wesson One News game as well. Evan Fournier, 19 points, 6 of 13, shooting 4 for 7 from beyond the arc. Three assists, two turnovers, two steals. Um, pretty standard game, I'd say, for for Evan. You know, struggled to finish. Uh, I think a lot of his misses in the early fourth quarter were, were hurting the team a little bit. Um, you know, but a pretty standard game for Evan Fournier. You know, made made some open threes. 
Um, you know, probably worked a little bit too much on the ball. Again, I like him more off the ball or attacking rotations. Um, you know, struggled a little bit with his shots inside the perimeter, inside the paint. Um, but overall, you know, got to the line. He got to the line more than any other player, um, aside from Fultz and Gordon. But um, looking at this now, only four players got to the foul line for the Magic. Six for Aaron Gordon, six for Marco Fultz, two for James Ennis, and four for Evan Fournier. So maybe maybe that statement wasn't quite factual, so I'll, I'll, I'll rescind it now. Let's talk about Nikola Vucevic, though. 19 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 turnovers, 3 steals, and a block. 9 for 21 shooting. Uh, 1 for 7 from beyond the arc. Um, this is a game where you saw both the good and the bad of Nikola Vucevic. Um, really good job attacking inside the lane. So, you know, if you went 1 for 7 on 3s, that means he was 8 for 14 on 2s. Um, the, the Pistons don't have a lot of size, or they have size, but a lot of inexperienced size, and and Don Maker and Chris, and Christian Wood. Um, and I think that Vucevic did a good job when he was inside the paint attacking them in the post. Um, you know, he's he's better in the post. Um, you know, I think that the I think that he's taking way too many three pointers this year. Seven three pointers is a lot, and I know he made the big one, but he was missing a lot of open three pointers again and, and again. Against good teams, that's tough. You can get away with it against Detroit. A lot of what the Magic did tonight, um, or, or Wednesday night, they can get away with because it's Detroit. You know, giving up all the three pointers they gave up, being loose defensively, you can give up. You can you can do that because it's Detroit. But you're not going to be able to do that against Milwaukee or Miami or Boston or Philadelphia or Toronto. There's a reason I'm naming those teams, um, and, and certainly everyone has an eye toward that. But Vucevic. You know, while I think he did a good job passing the ball, and, and similar to Monday's game, really stepped up his play on both ends as the game went on. I thought he did a good job generally um, protecting the rim and being a challenger at the rim, but there were still far too many possessions, especially during the Pistons' runs. So, you know, when the Pistons were good, it's, you know, some of it was at least because of this. You know, Nikola Vucevic has a rhythm defensively, just like he has a rhythm offensively. He sets his line on his drops and, and 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 where he does and how aggressive he does that really determines his success on defense. If he, you know, is quick and gets to his spot fast and is able to challenge, he's fine. I, I actually don't think Vucevic is as bad a defender as his reputation goes. But if he's late at all, if he's not on time, if he's, you know, a little flat-footed or off balance as he gets to his spot, he is toast. Um, he's, he's just not someone who can recover. And too often in this game, you know, on drops, and these are drops, so you, you, you know, like I, I, I use a soccer term here. You set your line. You set where you're going to meet the offensive player on the drop. I, I still think he's setting his, I, I think too many times in this game, he set his line too deep. Um, he allowed too much space. And, you know, Reggie Jackson got him a few times on floaters. A couple of players got to the basket on him because he, he, he wasn't able to react quick enough as they, as they picked up speed coming toward him. Um, it, it, it's really about, you know, kind of decision-making Vucevic is making, where he sets his line, how he sets his feet, how he sets the angle. It's all these little, little things. And when he gets them all right, he is fine. But when he gets them all wrong, he cannot recover. And that's the problem. That I mean, that to me is what sums up the problem with Nikola Vucevic. Um, you know, again... He can get away with it against the Pistons. He was good enough, long enough against his team to win, but there's still a lot of moments where he was really, really bad, and, and the Pistons attacked it, and that and that got them open three-pointers, that got them shots at the basket, that got them back in the game. Um, when they were down by 22, they were attacking Vucevic. When they were 
building the seven point lead. You know, they were they were trying to they were trying to attack the lane or, or, or get or get open shots like that. And again, you got a player like Don Maker who can hit from the outside. You got a player like Christian Wood, really active, energetic guys who play on the perimeter. Vucevic really struggles with centers who play on the perimeter. He struggles with guys like Brook Lopez a lot. He struggles, you know, he has a good job on Nikola Jokic because I think he could body Jokic around a little bit. Um, but, you know, Jokic still hits those tough, crazy one-legged runners against him. So, you know, Vucevic, again, I feel like it was a mixed bag, but overall good. Overall, I thought the Magic were good. The pockets were they were bad. They were bad, but they rescued themselves. They played really well. They played as well offensively as they played in a while. Even during the fourth quarter, I thought their offense wasn't terrible. Um, but overall, the Magic certainly um, not completely satisfied. They know they still got a lot to work on defensively, just kind of getting their habits back down and, and kind of getting back to the level that they know they can play at. Uh, and that's really what was talked about after the game. And that's really what we've, I think, been dancing around and quietly talking about here for a while. So we're going to put it out in the open here at the All-Star break, just kind of assess where the Magic are at and, and the expectations that they have yet to fulfill. The Orlando Magic defeat the Detroit Pistons again, 116-112. to 112. They're in the All-Star break. We'll see them again back in action next Friday against the Dallas Mavericks at the Amory Center. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Steve Clifford, you know, his press conferences tend to be, I don't think, I mean, I, I mean, Clifford often has his things, you know, you know, without looking at the tape, yada, 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 yada. Um, it can be sometimes a little confrontational. Clifford, Clifford definitely gets the message out that he wants to get. But, you know, I've noticed something too being around this team and, 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 and being part of the media asking questions about this team. And I'm sure I've, I've asked this question in some form or another because it is, very quietly, I think, one of the big storylines in the season. Why isn't this team playing like it did last year during that playoff run? That team that went 22-9. Why isn't this team that team all the time? Or, better yet, more regularly, or frankly, at all. It is a question that I think has hung over this team for a long time, for, for pretty much the whole season, because it was always in the back of everyone's mind. This is virtually the same team. They did not lose any rotation player from last year's team, and yes, injuries granted here, but it always felt like this team had maybe not a switch, but they just had to kind of get themselves back into rhythm, and they would be that team again. Go on a crazy tear. Be the best defensive team in the league. Be a, an offense, a, a really killer offense. And make that push to do something greater. If all those predictions about the Magic competing for home court advantage and being a, a very comfortable playoff team or a team that could 
potentially make noise in the playoffs, it was built on this premise. Now, players and coaches would tell you not to believe that hype. Players and coaches would tell you every season's different. We can't think too much about last season. We can't dwell on last season. We know how we need to play to win, and we got to find that way to win. And certainly, you know, obviously, there is new players to the rotation. Mo Bamba is playing regular minutes. Markel Fultz was added to the rotation. They had Al Camino for a while. Clifford certainly changed up his rotations and changed up some of the team's offensive strategy. And, and so, there are ways it's worked, and there are ways it has not. Every season is indeed different. It is impossible to compare this season directly to last season. But those were the expectations. The expectations entering the season at a very baseline level were to make the playoffs. And the Magic certainly are in pole position to do so. But the real expectation was to get better, to continue to progress, to show that not only was last year not a fluke, which I, I think they've already established that, but that that last playoff kick is something more sustainable. And Clifford had something interesting to say at the end of his press conference Wednesday. Sort of asked in a roundabout way about this team. And he said, you know, we A, we've got to play better. And, and, and B, and I'm paraphrasing all this, I'm, I'm not quoting directly, you can find it on you know, I posted the link to the video on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find it on at Fox Sports Magic as well on Twitter. He pretty much said, you know, when we sat down and, and, and talked with Jeff Weltman about this team, a few things stood out. One, they had the versatility and length to be a really dangerous defensive team. They could switch and defend anything. Two, there was an absolute hunger from this group to win, and to prove that they weren't the same old magic. And I do think that that was a real motivating factor for a guy like Nikola Vucic, for a guy like Evan Forney, for a guy like Aaron Gordon. Once it became real that the playoffs were possible, it was balls to the wall, urgency, playing with their heads cut off to get there. They were in a sprint those final 20 games to get to the playoffs, to make up that ground. And they did. It, it's really, you know, you look back at it and the ground that they made up and, and the time it took to get there, it is incredible that they made the playoffs last year. You know, I, I really think last year was a special season. And that is a special team that we should talk about, maybe not in the same breath as the Heart and Hustle team, but, you know, maybe you inhale, exhale, and then you talk about them. I, I do believe that. And there was no copying that. This team doesn't have the same urgency. I, I've noted that. That I, I, I sense, you know, honestly, even it's not, this is not a negative or a, a positive thing. I, when I've talked to them and heard them talk about the playoffs, it does feel like there's an institutional knowledge of how to get there. They know the path they need to go down. They know what it feels like to go through the season and reach the other side. And so, that urgency 
of needing to win every game isn't the same. The Magic are playing from ahead. They're not playing from behind anymore. You got to create your own urgency. It's not out there in front of you. That's, you know, it may not be anything, but that is certainly something. And then the last thing that, that Clifford said was, the one thing that we knew about our team, and I, it, may, it may be tied into that last thing I talked about, but they were going to hit first. They're going to play physical. We were going to be, we were going to be the team dictating the terms of the game. And while the Magic, you know, they were third in the league in defensive rebound rate last year, they're down to sixth this year. Just sixth. They're still a really good rebounding team for the most part. But in key moments, they have given up big rebounds. In fact, in Wednesday's game against the Pistons, they gave up two of them. Christian Wood getting that putback jam to send the game, to tie the game late, was huge. He did it uh, through three defenders. The Magic didn't hit him first. And so he hit them hard. And physicality has been an issue that Clifford has talked about all the way throughout the season. Whether it's on the offensive glass or on the defensive glass, where the Magic still rank highly, but again, give up big ones at wrong moments. Or something that Clifford has mentioned about the perimeter defense, they don't get into their opponent. They don't, they're not physical on the perimeter as physical as you can be. And that's led to a lot of these kind of free drives into the basket that, again, expose Vucevic a little bit. This is all to say that something you probably already know, this isn't last season. This team isn't last year's team. While they might be in better position, while they might be one game ahead of the pace set by last year's team. Last year's team was 23-52 and 52 at this moment, or 23-32 and 32 at this moment. The, this current team is 24-31. and 31. This is not the same team as last year in any stretch of the imagination. This is a team that is still figuring itself out. It's a team that has good defenders, plays good defense, but not long enough to really matter. And this team is still playing in the shadow of last year because they are not last year's team. The schedule sets up for them, you know, gets a little tamer and may give them an opportunity to pick up some wins and make a run for seventh. And at this point, that's the goal, to finish seventh, to beat Brooklyn and escape that dreaded first-round series with the Bucks. That's the goal. And maybe that creates some urgency, but this team has not been as precise. This team has not been as dialed in. This team has not been as connected. This team has not played with the same urgency that they did last year. And that's why they find themselves where they are. I still wholeheartedly believe, even through all the injuries, that this year's team is better than last year's team. Talent-wise, skill-wise, ability-wise, experience-wise, this is a better team than last year's team. The problem is they've not lived up to that potential. It's abundantly clear they have not lived up to that potential. And Clifford said, said it this way too. The effort the Magic have given is better than most teams. But it's not good enough. 
It's it's effort with precision that matters most because the unfortunate thing about this Magic team is their margin for error is very small. And if one thing tips in the wrong direction, it's Jenga. The whole thing topples over. That was the case last year too, but they were able to kind of find their way to play. They were connected. They were able to, to hit that high level and ride that surge. Again, maybe this team has it in them. Maybe this team does have a surge like that. Maybe they're still maybe they are finding their way to play finally. It's been a long journey and we're 50 games in and you come to the realization that maybe they won't find that way to play. And of course that previews bigger questions for the offseason. This team needs to chart its own path. And the only way to do that at this point is pretty much to be last year's team in so many ways. Before we close shop, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Orlando Magic fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. We are hyper-local. We even talk about Orlando City sometimes. That's fun. So you can reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, of course, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Orlando Magic fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated, with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.